Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. After the apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 2, Episode 15, Breakout. Mags could see the distribution center buildings stretching off into the horizon in neat, rectangular rows of asphalt and metal. From her perch on the hill, overlooking the Port Authority complex, it was like looking down on the map of an old board game. The mid-morning sun had chased the fog away. Its warm rays now glinted off shiny, metal, man-made objects in the panorama. She squinted at the glass menagerie effect that created prisms of light in her scope as she scanned. The snipers had a phrase for this. Sun glare. Even the smartest AI-driven camera couldn't see through it when positioned at the wrong angle to the sun. Bill, the dog, lay prone next to her. His anxiety was evident. He settled low in the pine needles, ears back as he focused on the scene that played out below. The vast scale of the complex was impressive, like a small city behind its own chain-link border fence. Impressive as it was, the image did nothing to dull the adrenaline that was coursing through Mags's veins as she hugged hard into the shadows of the tree. The old man was there. She recognized the scrawny frame and ragged gray hair. Her scope settled on the figure that was awkwardly locked in some sort of wooden contraption in the corner of the parking lot. Old man, what did you get yourself into now? She said under her breath. She continued to scan. She saw some movement against the nearest building. She could barely make out shouting from a group of men in a confrontation at the front door. The noise of the words came to her fragmented, garbled, and delayed. Mags could read the body language of the men through the scope. There was a standoff going on. There hadn't been any gunfire yet, but everyone was armed, and it was only a matter of time before one of these amateurs got twitchy. She needed to move. She had to get the old man. Mags scanned through the scope again. She swept the ground she'd have to cross. She could skirt the tree line for cover up to the wide roadway, but then would have to cross open ground to the hedge. She'd have the fence to worry about once she got close. She didn't see anyone with a good vantage point on her planned path. The guards on the roof could see the access road, but they were clearly distracted, tied up in the confrontation. Even if they looked in her direction, they probably wouldn't engage. They had other fish to fry. She ran it through in her head. Maybe two minutes to get to the road, another two to get across to the hedge line. If she hustled, 
But she had to move, and she had to move while she had the chance. She looked at the dog. There would be no leaving him. Even if she knew the commands to do it, he probably wouldn't listen. She took a deep breath and stood. Come on, Bill. Let's go get your friend. Willie stood silent in the darkness of the brick-framed doorway. This place had the feeling of home to Willie. The old masonry had a rich, musty, wet cement smell. It felt cozy and safe. In a strange way, it was calming. This was her fortress of solitude. But now something or someone was in her home. She felt somehow violated. Again, she heard a sound, a groan coming from the back of the room. Not a raccoon, she thought. A person. A human who was sick or injured, maybe another plague victim in the final throes of death. She'd seen enough of those in the beginning, but not recently. It seemed this virus struck fast and all at once like a big swinging hammer of greasy death. Willie had survived that first blow. A handful had. Maybe this intruder was one of the unlucky few who had missed out on the first wave, only to be chased down by the stinking fingers of viral death here and now. But why did they have to wander in and die their mucus-filled death here, in her sanctuary? The thing moaned again, and Willie could hear breathing and mumbled words as she edged closer. Damn it, why can't they just leave me alone? Willie thought kicking the boxes out of the way. The first picture that emerged from the cleared boxes and trash was a leg. Then another, a woman's leg, naked flesh, pale and white. Willie noticed the leg muscles involuntarily twitch in the pale light. This was, or had been, a strong woman. Willie poked the exposed leg with the toe of her shoe and got no response. She cleared the rest of the boxes. A prostrate female was revealed. Where the hell did you come from, wearing nothing but your granny panties and a T-shirt? The woman moaned and shifted slightly, and Willie pulled back. The woman had moved, but it wasn't the conscious movement of a living being. It was the troubled writhing of someone delirious and half-dead. Maybe more than half-dead. Hey, lady! Willie said out loud, "'You still with us?' There was no response, only a shivering spasm that made the white skin of the exposed arm dimple. "'Lord Jesus, you look like a dead fish,' Willie said. Willie thought about this new piece of human debris that had somehow washed up on her shore. She could drag it back outside to the river and deliver this half-dead woman to the ferryman, give her a little nudge towards her final journey across the river Styx. The woman didn't look like she was going to make it anyhow. She could put the woman out of her misery. What was one more dead person in the apocalypse? Willie's brain flashed back to a memory of the people she'd lost. Her sister, her father, her aunt, her whole extended family of cousins here in Tennessee. Her aunt Verna had stayed with her and prayed as Willie fought for her life. That woman had spent her last hours trying to help others. Willie sighed and began pulling the cold weight of the woman towards an old recliner. Well, lady, there's not much I can do, but... I can't try to make it comfortable and warm. 
until you decide if you're going to stay or join our friend, the ferryman. Somebody get Tasker. Noah, the man at the front door, yelled over his shoulder while trying to look brave. He wore tan chinos and a Port Authority sports shirt. His hand shook as he gripped the handle of the pistol in his shoulder holster. This wasn't something he was ready for. Before the great dying, he had been an assistant manager at a convenience store. He had been promoted because he was competent enough to open and close a 7-Eleven single-handedly and didn't short-count the bank. But this was a long way from chasing shoplifting kids and shooing away vagrants. This was the real deal. The doors of the two Humvees swung open and hard-looking men, dangerous-looking men, jumped out. They methodically took up positions of cover behind their vehicles and leveled guns in his direction. Stay where you are, Noah yelled at the newcomers. We don't want any trouble, but we will protect ourselves. A taller, rat-faced man with long hair tied into a ponytail unfolded himself from the rear door of the closest Humvee. He was wearing bootleg jeans over pointy-toed rattlesnake boots with white inlaid tooling. He stretched and hitched up his pants. He wasn't big in an athletic way, but he was somehow strong in his flannel shirt and leather vest. He casually gripped a mean-looking shotgun, but didn't point it. The man stepped towards Noah and smiled. He stopped and sniffed at the air. "'Smells like waffles!' He looked back at the men behind the Humvees and turned to Noah with a grin. Me and the boys could use some breakfast. He said this with a friendliness and a confidence that made it sound non-threatening, but made the hair stand up on the back of Noah's neck. Noah reflexively gripped the hilt of the thirty-eight caliber police special in his shoulder holster and tried to calm the fear out of his voice. I've got two men on the roof with rifles and another fifty that'll be here any minute. You'd best back off. The rat-faced man looked at his shotgun. Do you really want to play who's got the bigger dick with me, boy? He paused, then continued with an almost bored effect. Okay, then. He hefted the shotgun and pumped around into the chamber. Noah flinched. This here's a Delta Force version of a Mossberg 500. It'll cut your weak ass right in half before you get that pea shooter out. I've got eight men with military-grade hardware, so you can either change your attitude or get added to the compost heap. There was movement behind the sandbags on the roof. One of the guards had found enough courage to take aim at the scene below. The sound of a bolt being drawn and locked added tension to the moment. It gave Noah some confidence, even though he was about ready to wet himself. With all the courage he could muster, Noah slowly and shakily drew his pistol and tried again to sound tough, but the fear in his voice made it sound more like a whine. Back up, mister. Jesus, why do they always have to do it the hard way? The rat-faced man said to his men. There were a few chuckles. What's your name, boy? Noah? Well, Noah... I'm Harlan. You are not in a position of leverage here, Noah. Give me the pistol and tell your men to stand down. He paused. Or die. I'm good with either decision. Just speed it up. I'm getting bored and I'm hungry. The second man on the roof had joined his partner and both were now pointing their weapons down at the intruders from behind the sandbag wall. 
Harlan shrugged. He nodded to his men. Shots ripped through the damp midday air, and the two men on the roof disappeared behind the sandbags, one of them without the top of his head. Noah dove to the ground, wishing he could crawl under the parking lot tarmac. Harlan moved to step on the outstretched wrist of his gun hand, relieving Noah of his pistol. Idiots! The rat-faced man swore as he stepped on Noah's neck with his fancy boots. Stay down, Noah! Mags moved in a low crouch across the road as fast as she could. Bill was right there beside her. He could have made the crossing a lot faster, but he stayed with her. She wasn't used to this stuff. Her knees ached. One of her ankles had developed a click, and her back hurt. If I make it out of this, I'm going to get back in shape. She promised herself and silently asked God to lend her some strength on account. There were gunshots. She hit the pavement. Her heart was pounding as adrenaline cursed through her fatigued body. It took her a moment to realize they weren't shooting at her. She scrambled forward in a semi-bear crawl to the safety of the hedge. Mags lay a hand on Bill's head as she caught her breath. Okay, buddy, that was the easy part. How are we going to get through this fence? She looked up and down the hedge line, hoping for some inspiration. She could maybe climb this fence. But it would take her a few minutes, and she'd stand out like a sore thumb in the process. Even if she could make it to the top and somehow suppress the barbed wire, chances were she'd end up wounded or dead, stuck and hanging like a fat beetle in a spider web. She moved along the fence line, looking for an answer. Bill, the dog, was ahead of her. He nosed into the furrow of a worn rut where there was a gap in the hedge. It was some sort of animal path. Some animals or kids had dug under the fence here. The loose chain link at the bottom had been pulled up and twisted. There were a few inches of daylight between the bottom of the fence and the rut. Bill immediately dove into the gap and began furiously digging, sending showers of sand and gravel out into the road. Under is better than over, huh, Bill? She said to the dog. Good boy. Mag sat back and watched the big dog work. It wasn't long before Bill stopped and looked at her. She could swear he was smiling, but cautioned herself not to anthropomorphize. That's how you got killed, when you let your brain make stuff up and started believing in it. There was a good-sized trench under the fence now. Mags took off her pack and leaned it up against the Orbevite hedge. She got down on her stomach and pushed the M&P-15 under ahead of her as she wriggled through the gap. Bill followed. Bringing the dog might not be a good idea, but she didn't think she could stop him from coming. The wooden structure that the old man was stuck in shielded her and the dog, for the most part, from the mayhem over by the entrance. It was an odd structure. She wasn't exactly sure what it was. The ends were A-frames of wooden pallets. Between those, a series of pressure-treated two-by-sixes had been fastened, two at the bottom and two about halfway up. Holes of different sizes had been cut between the boards. Mags crawled along the back of the structure. She had a strange flashback of crawling under the wooden stands at the local baseball game as a kid with a friend. The precious moment of a shared secret, feeling like they were breaking the rules amid the smell of bazooka bubblegum, popcorn, and fresh-cut grass. Bill ran ahead and nudged the old man's side with his big head. His silly tail whacked against the boards. Shit! 
Mags heard the old man curse. What are you doing here, stupid dog? She could see the back of the old man hunched into the boards. Hey, Mags hissed. It's me, Mags. What the heck is going on here? Why are you stuck in these boards? She couldn't see the old man's face, but knew it was still him by his response. Nah, I'm okay. It's a fancy spa treatment. Supposed to relax my karma. Let's get you out of this. No, if you do that, I'll lose my deposit. Mag smiled despite herself. Well, we all have to make sacrifices. Where's Brad? Brad's busy being stupid as usual. Just get me out of here and make it fast. Mags looked at the back of the boards. They were held in place by a plate latch hasp with a padlock through it. She didn't have the tools to cut the lock, or the boards for that matter, but she was pretty sure she could back the wood screws out that held it all in place. She took a quick look at the building entrance. There were more armed men there now. She had to hurry. Something's going on, she said. Hold on while I get you out. I'm glad to see you, Mags. Make it fast, lady. Time is not on our side. Mags pulled her K-bar tool from its belt sheath and began to work on the wood screws. The metal plate was triangular and had three screws in it like a door hinge. She had trouble getting the first screw started. The tool kept slipping. She was amped up with adrenaline and needed to be careful not to strip them. Once she got the first screw moving, it turned faster and she gained confidence. The second took some effort. Mags leaned into it, but the tool slipped and fell to the ground. There was more shouting from the other side of the parking lot. Any day now, lady, the old man growled. Keep your shorts on and you smell like piss. She shot back and refocused on the second screw till it was turning out. Yeah, that was part of the human decency spa treatment, the old man responded. One last screw was all she had, but for the life of her, she couldn't get it started. Damn it! She swore as the hard steel of her K-bar peeled the top off the head of the screw. Nothing could be done for it now. She jammed the K-bar under the loose plate where the other two screws had come out and levered as hard as she could, jimmying it back and forth until the final screw began to wiggle free of the splintered wood. She pulled the board up with a yank. Easy, lady, the old man cursed. He fell backward out of the stocks onto his butt, grimacing. Mags feverishly yanked the old man's hand and feet free. Come on, let's get out of here, she said. The old man tried to roll over, but couldn't. We've got a problem here, he said. It's going to take a few minutes to get the rigor mortis out of my system. He looked at her almost sheepishly. No time, Mag said. She grabbed him by the collar and dragged him towards a hole under the fence. Bill the dog surged ahead. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, my survivor friends. I liked this episode. Did you like this episode? I liked it. I did. I tried to take a little extra time and make sure that we got the characters and the scenes right. I was trying to be mindful, and I thought it came out well. And I, re- I liked Robert's read, too. I think, uh, I think it came together well. But you never know. As a creative, you make stuff, and then the world determines whether it's good or not. By the way, if you have any audio projects that you're working on, you can reach out to Robert at commandvoices.com. I also posted that link up in the various places that I post links, commandvoices.com. He doesn't just do gravelly old men voices. (laughs) That, that in fact, is just an affectation for me. He does full-on commercials and voiceovers and all kinds of voice work. So, yeah, so what am I watching? What am I reading? I'm watching the... I I re-watched... Season one of The Expanse. And why? Because, like I told you, I picked up the books and I read the first book and I wanted to see how they match up. And my answer is really well. After seeing the characters in the books, I think they did a fantastic job casting the series on The Expanse. They they didn't color outside the lines at all. And I'm into the second book now. Same thing. Really like it. Especially the casting of Bobby, the Martian Marine, the lady. I think that it's just fantastic. They're spot on. So so I've met a bunch of new fans on Twitter this week. Yeah, I had given up on Twitter. Originally, when Twitter came out, I was a big Twitter guy. I've got like 13,000 followers. Uh, mostly runners. <laughs> but I had given up on it a few years ago because it just turned into such a cesspool. But I was checking in and I was surprised to find somebody had tweeted all their friends about how great After the Apocalypse is and you should listen to it. So I started talking to them and I ended up creating a list, which is a thing on Twitter, like a group where for those people you add to the list, you see all their tweets. So if you're a Twitter person, you can find me at CYKTRussell or hashtag after the apocalypse, and I'll add you to my list. These are some fun people, and it makes me feel better about humanity to have met them. So I also discovered there's a, there's a metal band, I think it's in Cleveland, Ohio, named After the Apocalypse. And you're probably going to run into them, which I think is great. (laughs) I just think it's great. So I added them to the list as well. So they're going to be really confused because I've never talked to them. I don't know these people. But if you're into this sort of music, you can find them at Reverb Nation forward slash after the apocalypse. I don't know who these people are, but I'll share the link because 
Why not build some karma? I kicked off a contest on the Facebook page. I want to have one of you be a guest reader for one of my stories. Not not this storyline, something new, something standalone I'll write or I'll use something. And what you have to do is play along, send me an audio recording. Give me a sample to CYKT Russell. That's Chris Yellow King Tom Russell with two S's and two L's at gmail.com. And I'll have my panel of distinguished judges listen to all the entries and select a winner. And then that person can perform a story and we'll put it out on the feed for everybody to enjoy. Sound like fun? Come on, don't let me down. You get to the end of, end of the month, maybe more. Send me your audio samples. Uh, the other thing I need help with or will need help with, I'm going to roll out season one as the first book. So I'm going to need some help with, uh, for lack of a better word, proofreaders or beta readers. So this is a deeper dive than just typo hunting. Uh, because if I'm going to turn these seasons into proper books, I need to flesh them out a bit. And I'll be looking for help from you to do it. So reach out to me in any of these haunts that we share if you're interested in joining our editorial board, and I'll get that moving. I'm thinking maybe in the fall I'll look to do a release on that that first book, but i got to work on it. Other than that, you know, everything's on track. Everything's wonderful. Hope you're well. The links to everything are in the show notes, and don't forget to keep surviving. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.